everyone and welcome to An Academic's Life. I am your host, Genesee Carter, and this week I want to talk about why the brain needs downtime. And if you've noticed, I didn't make an episode last week because my brain was very, very full and it felt like there was just nothing coming to the surface in a coherent or interesting way that I wanted to talk about, and so I gave my brain some space. I'm looking at this article from Scientific American that came out in 2013, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's titled, Why Your Brain Needs More Downtime, and the TDLR version is that our brain very much needs downtime to process information. We are not being lazy, we're not losing our information if we actually take downtime. And one of the things that researchers have learned when we are taking downtime, and downtime means not actively learning something, so allowing the brain to process. When we allow our brain to process and when we're not actively constantly learning and doing something new or reading a new text or trying a new task, our brain learns to consolidate information. And it actually also learns how to put that information together to file it more effectively, to create longer term memory, to help with memorization. So I want to encourage you this week, next week, this summer, if you are feeling like you cannot take any downtime for whatever project you finished or if you just graduated or if you are worried about your to-do tasks, I really want you to take some downtime. And I think that this is going to be key for long-term habit building because academics are notoriously focused on the next thing that needs to get done, often publications and research or developing syllabi, or filling out job applications. And we don't take the time that we need to process what we've learned, to process our accomplishments, to just be a human and live life. So I want you to go on some walks. I want you to do some menial mundane tasks. Plant some plants in your garden. Mow your lawn brush your cat or your dog, go visit some farm animals, and just be. So just be in the moment. Don't go to the library and pick out that new book on, you know, donkey behavior, or don't go and and hire someone to teach you all about the latest gardening techniques or guerrilla gardening or urban gardening, because that's still learning. But go and just be in the moment. Get your hands in the dirt. Go for a walk. Smell the flowers. Look at the sky. Look at the clouds. Pet the animals. Whatever it is, go for a drive. Ride your bike. Knit or crochet. Allow your brain to not be actively processing information and learning new information. 
allow it time to work behind the scenes to file away everything that makes you you and that you've been learning in the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, the semester, the years that you've been working on and allow yourself to be. This is going to be really hard for many of you and you might feel really antsy. You might feel like you can't sit still. You might hear your inner critic saying, what are you doing? You have 700 million tasks that you need to work on. Why, why are you in your garden? Why are you going for walks? I will tell you, it will get done. It will get done. And I remember several years ago, I was so stressed out about everything that I needed to get done over the summer. And I was talking to my therapist completely stressed out about just, it, it felt like foreboding all of the things that needed to get done, but I also knew that the more that I worried about what I was going to get done over the summer, the more I was not going to enjoy any of the downtime during the summer that I had or just the slower pace that I had during the summer. And one of the things that she said to me is, she said, Genesee, you're burned out and you need to take a three-week break from writing. And I looked at her incredulous and couldn't believe what I was hearing. And she said, you're tired. Your brain is tired. You can't force it to happen. Your brain is still processing information. Your brain is making those connections. Your brain is still doing the work behind the scenes, even when you're taking downtime. But you need to rest so that your love and desire for that work comes back And so it doesn't feel as hard and so that you can enjoy it. And I only partially believed her, but I figured I would try it and see what happens. And I would say at about the two, two and a half week mark, I started waking up wanting to work on my research and excited to work on my research and wanting to work on my research every day. And she was right that we we need these breaks. And so I want to just quickly read from the Scientific American article. And it says, downtime is the opportunity for the brain to make sense of what it has recently learned, to surface fundamental unresolved tensions in our lives, and to swivel its power of reflection away from the external world toward itself. While mind-wandering, we replay conversations we've had earlier in the day, rewriting our verbal blunders as a way of learning to avoid them in the future. We craft fictional dialogue to practice standing up to someone who intimidates us or to reap the satisfaction of an imaginary harangue against someone who has wronged us. We shuffle through all those neglected mental post-it notes, listing half-finished projects, and we mull over the aspects of our lives with which we are most dissatisfied, searching for solutions. We sink into scenes from childhood and catapult ourselves into different hypothetical futures. And we subject ourselves to a kind of moral performance review, questioning how we've been treating others lately. These moments of introspection are also one way we form a sense of self, which is essentially a story we continually tell ourselves. When it has a moment to itself, The mind dips its quill into our memories, sensory experiences, disappointments, and desires, 
so that it may continue writing this ongoing first-person narrative of life. Related research suggests that the default mode network is more active than is typical in especially creative people, and some studies have demonstrated that the mind obliquely solves tough problems while daydreaming, an experience many people have had while taking a shower. Epiphanies may seem to come out of nowhere, but they are often the product of unconscious mental activity during downtime. So the brain is still being active. Don't worry about that. You are still going to have epiphanies. Connections are going to be made. New thesis statements or research ideas are going to come to the surface. But find a way. Write it down in your calendar. Find an accountability partner. Find a way to hold yourself accountable for some downtime a little bit every single day. If it's really hard to start, think about going on a 10-minute walk. If you have a mailbox at the end of the street like we do, walk to the end of the street to get your mail. Or just do a quick walk around the block. Or go outside and check on how your plants are doing in the front yard or the backyard. Or go outside and check the weather. Are there clouds in the sky? Is the sun shining? Does it look like it's going to rain? These are some great quick ways to allow our brain some downtime and just learning to be in the moment without putting too much pressure on ourselves. I don't recommend if you're new to this idea of just being and allowing yourself some mental and emotional downtime, the worst thing to do is to start out too intensely with too long of a list of just being like, I'm going to go on an hour walk, even though I don't ever go on hour walks ever. Or I'm going to sit home and I'm going to take up crocheting for two hours a day. Or I'm going to make this really hard sweater, even though I just, I can't usually sit still for five minutes. So you really need to know yourself and you need to not overpromise and set really crazy expectations for yourself. Just being is like a meditation practice or an exercise practice. You have to work your way up to it in small increments. If you've gone running or you do dance or any other kind of movement, you know that trying out a new habit or a new practice all of a sudden can feel disconnected from yourself. Sometimes the inner critic will jump in and say, oh, it's not worth my time or it's too hard or I don't wanna do it. So I recommend starting in small increments, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. One of my favorite things to do is to go on walks with friends. So whether that's on a phone call or whether that's in person, go, it's very easy when you're talking with a friend to go walk around town or to find a walking trail or to find a neighborhood, go get your favorite beverage, go for a walk or talk on the phone while you're going for a walk. And it's going to make just like being in the moment and reflecting and taking some downtime so much more enjoyable. All right, go be, I am, I'm going to go be by checking out the backyard Um, as a break between my computer and the work that I'm doing and watering my plants um, and making myself some coffee. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week.